Are you ready to know your worth and identity in the body of Christ? Are you ready for kingdom conversations with kingdom people? Welcome to the Recovery to Recovered podcast. I'm your host, Kayla McCall, and I will be guiding you through the word with preaching and teaching and empower you to know who you are in Christ Jesus. We're in a war, not a battle. Pay attention to that. The word said war. I understand that there was a battle in heaven when Satan fell like lightning. I understand that there was a coming battle in Revelation called Armageddon. But I came to remind somebody today that you are in a war. You are in a fight. Um, uh, We are in a fight, and fights can sometimes get ugly. Come on, somebody. Jesus says the kingdom suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. He told the disciples the last time he sent you out, he said, I sent y'all out last time and I didn't have y'all take a money bag. I didn't have you take anything. But this time when I send you out, y'all are going to not only need those things and you're going to need a sword. He said, if you ain't got one, sell your shirt, sell your cloak, sell your clothes. You're going to need a sword for what it is that I'm sending you in to do. We are in a war and, the, and we are in a war for some of the most important territory that is on the face of the earth. And do you understand what that territory is? That territory that we are in a war in for is for your mind. It is in that area that is right in between your ears. It is so vital. It is so important. It is territory that Satan is, thinks it's worth fighting for. It's it's territory that God but sent his son so that you could renew your mind. So God thinks it's worth fighting for as well. The war that is taking place, it's in your mind. Why is Satan after mankind's mind so bad? Why, Why would Satan go after the mind in the Garden of Eden the first thing? Remember, we talked about it in part one, that Satan makes Adam and Eve fall into sin by eating of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Where is knowledge obtained and retained? Right here. It's the very first thing that Satan attacks in the universe, that he attacks with mankind. It's because of what I told you a couple of weeks ago, too, with this. Romans 7 says that with your mind is what you serve Christ with. So if Satan can pollute your mind, if Satan can distract your mind, come on somebody, if Satan can depress your mind, if Satan can discourage your mind, if Satan can pervert your mind, if Satan can strike fear into your mind, it will be an impossibility for you to serve Christ with your mind. Y'all ain't saying nothing this morning. I said if Satan can depress your mind, if he can get you to believe the lies of the devil, if he can get get, get you to believe the lies of himself, if he can get you to think that you're depressed, if he can get you to think you're not good enough. If he can get you to think that Christ, uh, the price that Christ paid wasn't good enough, then he's got you right where he wants you. If Satan can begin to attack your mind, he's got you right where he wants you. It's impossible to serve Christ if you don't got your mind right. That's why this sermon series is so important. I really hope y'all been paying attention to what I've been preaching because If you can get your mind right, you can serve Christ. If you can get your mind right, you can love God. Come on, somebody. If you can get your mind right, you can love your neighbor. If you can get your mind right, you can forgive people because you'll have a real revelation of how forgiven you actually are. If you can get your mind right and get your mind to line up with your spirit and the Holy Spirit, you can walk out destiny and calling and purpose. Come on. Do I got 10 people? Do I got anybody in the room this morning that says, I want to get my mind right? I want to serve God with all my heart, 
all my soul and all my mind. Y'all do realize when Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, he says mind twice. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. I told you what your soul is, right? It's your mind, your will, and your emotions. Jesus is saying, love me with all three of those things. Then love me with your mind again because it's with your mind that you can actually serve me. Because what happens in your mind will eventually happen in time. Come on, somebody. If if you can love Jesus with your mind, if you can walk in obedience to Jesus with your mind, if you can walk out calling and destiny and purpose in your mind, you can walk it out in time. Jesus. The Bible just told us, though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. The Bible just told us that we are in a war. I don't know what in the world has happened, but it seems like the church has just forgotten this. Help me, Holy Ghost. We, we have forgotten this, and we forget that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. This is later on in the sermon, supposed to be, but I feel it right now. Let me tell you something right now. I battled with a devil for about three hours yesterday as a young man rode around with his body contorting, speaking in angelic tongues, demonically possessed. Let me tell you something right now. Satan is playing for keeps, and it's time that the people of God would rise up once again and understand that we are in a war. We are in a battle for the for the the soul of mankind. This thing is serious. We don't serve some patty cake God. Come on, we don't. Jesus was a man's man. I know that some people have tried to turn him into this meek, mild mannered, weak individual, but he was not. He was a carpenter. He built things with his hands. He was a man's man. He, he went to the cross for other individuals that would have never been able to make it there themselves. He let them beat him and bruise him and hang him on a cross. He was a man's man. We, we, we've turned the gospel of Jesus Christ into this weak, mild-mannered thing when it's not. I'm trying to tell y'all this morning, we are in a war. We are in a fight. We are in a battle. And until we get our minds to line up with that and line up with the word of God and the will of God and the power of God, we will be a whole lot better for it when we get those things to line up. Being a Christian and a believer, I don't know why I'm going here, but this is for somebody today. This ain't just about coming to church on Sundays and some Wednesdays when we feel like it. Come on, we're in a war. I watched that devil have that boy rolling around talking about killing him. This demon was telling him that he was going to kill him. The enemy is playing for keeps, y'all. It's time that we in the body of Christ start playing for keeps. Come on. We, we, we got to start going after this thing. We got to start studying and reading our word. It ain't just checking off a box. If you don't have that word up in you, you've got nothing to combat and fight the enemy with. We got to have the word of God. And we got to renew our mind with the word of God. This isn't just some battle. Pay attention to that. The Bible said it's a war. This isn't just some battle. The Bible said it was a war. 
Do you know the difference between a battle and a war? A battle is a military conflict between two or more armed forces that are well-defined in a duration, area, or force commitment. That's a mouthful, I know. A battle, watch this, pay attention. A battle is a military conflict between two or more forces that are well-defined in duration, in the area, and the force commitment. War is intense is an intense armed conflict between militaries, governments that are characterized by extreme violence, aggression, destruction, and mortality that stretches out over months or years. Do you understand what I'm telling you this morning? This thing about your mind isn't just some battle. A battle you might be in is when two or more forces joined together against you for a designated period of time, a.k.a. battles are seasonal. Battles happen in certain areas of your life. A battle you face, for example, might be two forces joining up against you like Satan and his minions and then using people at your workplace to come against you, right? You might be in a season where you're battling a certain sin that you keep giving into, but eventually you will overcome it by the power of the Holy Ghost. Come on, come on. You might be in a battle in your life in a certain area where God is calling you higher, and that area might be integrity, humility, perseverance, but you will eventually get to those things as long as you stay in line with the Holy Ghost and continue in your word and persevere and get what it is that God is calling you to get to. Come on, somebody. But how many of you know a war is so much more? The definition there just laid it out real plain for us. A war is an intense armed conflict between militaries and governments characterized by extreme violence, aggression, and destruction, which brings about mortalities. People die in wars. Stretches out over many years. It sounds like something out of the Bible, right? Paul says that the weapons of our warfare, Paul just told us our weapons, our arms, are not weapons of this world, but are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Paul also says, put on the full armor of God daily. Come on, somebody. Paul says, put on the full armor of God daily. How many of you know you don't need armor if you're not in a fight? Come on, somebody. You don't need armor if you're not in the middle of a war. You don't need a sword. You don't need a helmet. You don't need a a breastplate of righteousness. You you don't need a belt of truth and the shoes of peace. You You don't need any of those things if you're not in a war. But I came to remind us today that we are in a war. When Paul says we don't wrestle or fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and wickedness in the high places, when Paul, and I got a real revelation of what that meant yesterday. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. That demon was wrestling for three hours. I'm going back here. The boy had opened himself up. For things of the enemy. When you open yourself up for demonic to be attached to you, you are in a very dangerous place because you have given liberty to that demonic entity 
to come in you and around you and oppress you and influence you. And that joker did not want to leave yesterday. And you want to know why? Because he had been given the right to be there. Help me, Holy Ghost. His mom was a witch. Grandfather was a warlock. He was supposed to get married to a witch before he showed up to BTB. He'd been playing with Ouija boards before he came to BTB. And had opened the door for the enemy. I know that's pretty drastic. But what do we in the church open up the door for the enemy? You, you might not be playing with Ouija boards, but I'm telling you right now, if you open up the door for the enemy for lust in your life, pornography and adultery and all those things will eat you alive. And you want to know what is the bad thing about that is that you've opened up the door and the enemy has full liberty and full right to eat you alive with that thing because you have opened up the door to the enemy. When you open up the door to the enemy with little, little white lies. Oh, y'all got real quiet. A lie is a lie is a lie. When you open up the door to the enemy on things like that, he has full liberty. Now that you're lying, he has full liberty to lie to you and you believe it. We got to stop opening up doors to the enemy. When you open up the door to wreak havoc in your marriage, you have given the enemy territory in your marriage. And until you get your mind right, and until you take authority over that thing, by the power of the name of Jesus, by the power of the blood of Jesus, and renew your mind, that enemy will have full liberty. I ain't trying to get political, but help me, Holy Spirit. You want to know what just happened? It's exactly what I just told you. The Taliban is running Afghanistan because we gave them the liberty to function there. So that's a real practical thing. You can, you can wrap your mind around it now about what I'm telling you. And sometimes what's happening in the, in the, real, in the, in the physical realm is what's happening in the spiritual realm. Y'all better pay attention to this. Y'all better pay attention to this. 2020 was a year full of masks. You want to know why? Because the enemy was trying to shut up the church. We got to take authority over this stuff, y'all. We got to take authority over this stuff, y'all. And it takes getting our mind right to be able to do it. You're not going to be able to do it until you get your mind to line up with the word of God, the will of God, and the power of God. When Paul uses the terminology in the Greek, we don't wrestle against principalities, powers, wickedness in the high places and authorities. When Paul uses that terminology in the Greek, he is literally, I did a study on this. You want to know what he is doing? He is giving you a military ranking for Satan and his legions. Principalities, powers, and rulers in the wicked places, in high places. We are in a military conflict, y'all. We are in a military conflict, y'all. We've been en en enlisted in the armies of God. It also says that a war is made up of governments and kingdoms that are in a conflict with each other. How many of you know there is a kingdom of this world and there is the kingdom of our God? But I'm glad that I read in the book of Revelation that the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms 
of our God. Come on, the, the enemy, he, I've read the end of the book. The enemy is trying to fight for territory, but he's fighting a losing battle. Come on, somebody. The enemy's fighting for your mind, but he's fighting a losing battle. The enemy wants your soul, but he's fighting and he's losing. He's losing the battle. If you would just get your mind right. The Bible calls you a citizen of heaven. You're not even from earth anymore. You know, we got all these people out here looking for aliens. I'm in a room full of them. Yeah. Got to look no more. We're all aliens. We're not even citizens of the earth. And we got our Facebook looking like everybody else's. Help me, Holy Ghost. Come on, we're, we're, we're not from here. We, 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 we are not from here. And by the way, when it comes to aliens, y'all just do a little study and y'all do realize all that stuff's just some fallen angels. All of it. You want to talk about that? Meet me in my office later. I taught on this and we preached about the kingdom a while back, but we're a part of another government. We're not from the government of this world. Hence unto us a child is born and the government will rest on his shoulders. We are in a war of government. The government of our God versus the government of Satan. And I don't know about you, but I want the government of my God to rule my mind, to rule my heart, to rule my soul. For everywhere that the sole of my foot treads, for me to be walking in the government of my God. The Bible teaches that that you are ambassadors for Christ. So you know what that means? That means you represent the government of heaven. You know what also that means? That means you just don't get to speak on your own behalf anymore. Ambassadors don't speak on their own behalf. The ambassador from America that's in China just don't tell him how he wakes up and feels in the morning. He tells him what is said on behalf of his government. So we as ambassadors for Christ, we don't get to speak on behalf of ourselves. We don't get to give people a peace of our mind. And trust me, I'm still working on that one myself. Praise God. But we, we, we don't get to give people a piece of our mind. We speak on behalf of the government of heaven. We are in a war between two governments and two kingdoms. Jesus. The definition of government is with this. Watch this. The exercise of control or authority over a group of people. The body with the power to make and enforce laws to control a country, land, area, or organization. I'm trying to tell y'all this morning that we're in a war for the government of our mind. The war is for who will be in control because it's with our minds that we serve Christ. Can I help you with this concept of war? Wars are never fought where there are no spoils. Wars are never fought. Where there is no spoils. Why do you think Satan attacks the mind so much? It's because he's after the spoils of your soul. Which would be his greatest accomplishment in the earth. Because the Bible calls him, his name means accuser. He is the accuser of the brethren. The, the, the greatest goal that Satan could ever accomplish on the earth was to go back and forth between heaven and earth and tell God, I told you so. I, I, I told you they don't love you. 
I told you they don't respect you. I told you, God, they won't follow you. I told you, I told you, I told you. That's the spoil that Satan is after. Y'all do understand that that's what was happening in the book of Job. In the book of Ezekiel, it talks about the reason why Satan was in so much trouble and God was so upset with him was because of his trafficking back and forth between heaven and earth. He would go up into heaven and was still going up into heaven where he was accusing mankind. And bringing accusations against mankind. I heard Ron Carpenter preach on this at Ruach. It was a couple years ago. And he preached on how heaven is set up like a courtroom. Do you understand that Jesus is your mediator? God is your judge. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. But you want to know? There's DNA proof that shows that you're innocent and that you have been made whole and that you holy, and you want to know what that, that uh, evidence is, it's the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the DNA proof that the charges against you are to be dismissed and dropped. Heaven set up like a courtroom. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. He tries to go before God all the time accusing mankind. That would be his greatest spoil to stand before God and say, look, I told you he didn't love you. I told you he wouldn't serve you. I told you they'd never follow you. He's after that spoil. So if Satan is after your mind, that means there must be spoils there. If Satan is after your mind, if Satan is willing to engage in a war that he knows he will lose, because he's read the end of the book too, when he tempted Jesus, he came at him with the word. Satan knows the word. And he's still willing to engage in a war that he knows he will lose. There must be something important there. There must be something important there. I'm telling you right now, there is something important there. Because it's with your mind that you serve Christ. Come on, somebody. It's with your mind that you can begin to love God. It's with your mind that you can begin to love your neighbor. Sounds like something out of the Bible, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. It's with your mind that you can walk in obedience to God's word. Come on, somebody. Let me repeat that one. It's with your mind that you can walk in obedience to God's word. If you walk in obedience to God's word, it'll automatically take you to another level. It's with your mind that you can be faithful. And the devil knows that if you can walk in obedience to his word through the filter of your mind, the devil knows that you can be faithful to God in your mind. You can be faithful to God in time. If you can be faithful to God right here, then you can walk it out in time. And if you walk it out in time, Satan has lost territory in the earth. Come on, somebody. See, this whole thing is about territory. This whole thing is about territory. Satan wants the territory of your mind because if he can never get the territory of your mind, he's got you right where he wants you. If you can be faithful to God in your mind, you can be faithful to God in time. And if you can accomplish those things, Favor will begin to be poured out on your life. And where favor is, 
the spoils of God is. Come on, somebody. Is anyone willing to get into the enemy's camp and say, I'm willing to take back things in my mind. I'm willing to take back things that the enemy stole from me. I'm willing to take back things that my own mind has disqualified myself for. Because sometimes we got to stop blaming things on the devil because the Bible says that your carnal mind until you renew it is at enmity against God. Your mind is God's enemy. God already defeated Satan before the, before the foundation of the world. Hence, the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. Satan was already defeated before he was even created. See, God never starts a thing until he finishes a thing because the kingdom is inverted. Come on, somebody. Things are backwards according to us. God lives outside of time and space. He created it. I'll tell you right now, if you get a hold of just that one little concept, you can, you can really go to another level in your walk with God because you'll, start, you'll stop looking at everything with a, uh, a temporary perspective because, because the things that are unseen are eternal, but everything that you can see is temporary. The Bible says until you renew your mind, it's at enmity against God, a.k.a. your mind is God's enemy. I wish somebody would reach into their mind and say, I got to get it right, God. I wish somebody would get into their mind and get their mind right where there can be spoils for you and your family. There are blessings for you and your household. I wish somebody would get their mind right. I wish somebody grab a hold of their mind today and say, God, help me to get this thing right. Help me to get this thing to line up with the word and the will of God. Help me to renew this thing by the power of your word and the power of your spirit. God, I'm tired of every thought of depression coming against me. I'm tired of every law, uh, a thought of lust coming against me. Sometimes you just need to lay hands on your own self and say, God, help me get my mind right so that I can accomplish what it is that you have for me. So we're in a war. Touch your neighbor. Say, we're in a war. We're in a war. We're in a war. Verse 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down arguments or imaginations, some translations say, and every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And what was it? Being ready to punish all disobedience. When obedience is fulfilled, I can't help but say this right now. Y'all ever heard that? It's really later on in, in the message, but y'all ever heard that saying, beat them into submission? I have never understood that. When you beat something, usually it rebels on you. Try beating on me and see how it works out for you. <laughs> it was a joke. It was a joke. But this is the one time that I have ever heard this sentence to be used, because that's what that's saying. That's saying, beat the things that have tried to rise themselves up against the knowledge of God and beat it down with the Word of God. Get it in your mind, because you're, you're not using the Word of God against other people. The sword is a sword. You, you can use it to hurt people, or you can use it to own the enemy where it's supposed to be used in the first place, right? We got to use the word on our enemy. But that's what this is saying. This is saying with the word of God, take every thought captive and beat it into submission to what the word and the will of God says. I'm getting ahead of myself, but hang on one second. 
Remember, we're talking about the mind and getting it right. Then Paul throws this word stronghold out there. And here we in the church, we need to get a hold and understand this and don't just skip over and read some of this. That's one of them things in the Bible where we'll just read that stronghold. What in the world is that? Well, I better just keep reading. See, we can't. We got to stop when we see stuff like that. Let me help you and encourage you. When you see a word in the Bible that you're like, what are you trying to say, God? It's not a time to keep reading and thumbing through. It's a time to pause, hold and let God bring some revelation to you. He uses the word stronghold there. When talking about thoughts, and Matt, pay attention. He uses, I'm almost done. He uses the word stronghold when talking about thoughts, imaginations, and the mind. That's something we better pay attention to. The Greek word for stronghold there is akuroma, which means a fortress, that which is firm. For, firm. According to one of my favorite studies by Rick Renner, Hidden, Hidden Gems in the Greek, by the time of the New Testament, the word akuroma also came by the Greek word used to describe a prison. Since the most secure and highly guarded prisons were usually constructed deep inside of a fortress, it makes sense that the word for fortress or stronghold is the same identical Greek word used to describe the picture of a prison. Whereas a fortress keeps outsiders from getting in, a prison keeps insiders from getting out. Prisoners are places of detention or holding tanks. They are designed to hold a prisoner into captivity. Did y'all catch that? Fortress, prison inside the fortress. Rick goes on to say, the strongholds Paul refers to are the lies that the devil has ingrained so deeply into your mind and your belief system that they now exert power over certain areas of your life. As a result, the person under mental or emotional assault is held captive like a prisoner to those lies. He sits behind mental and emotional bars viewing life from an illusion of bondage that Satan has put on his mind. I feel like preaching. Because what the enemy has done in the earth and in the world is that he has created fortresses and strongholds in our mind that are really lies and illusions. How can you say that, Caleb? Because he is the father of lies. He's a liar. He's been a liar since the beginning of time. He ain't never told the truth. He is a liar. He is a liar. He is a liar. And what he does is he builds strongholds and fortresses of these lies, and he builds them brick after brick after brick, just like a fortress, lie after lie after lie, thought after thought after thought. And eventually over time, over weeks, over months, over years, it becomes what seems to be an impossible stronghold to break through, what seems to be an impossible illusion of what the enemy has planted into your mind. But I got news for the devil today that that is just an illusion. It is just a false witness and the power of God to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ is available to you and you can beat those thoughts and you can beat those things into submission to the word of God. Lies. I'm so tired of watching the devil lie to people. I'm just sick of it. 
I'm sick of seeing Christians depressed. I'm sick of seeing Christians anxious and fearful. I'm sick of seeing Christians struggling in their marriage. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. And I'm not sick of it with the individuals. I'm pointing my frustration in the right direction because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities, powers, authorities, and wickedness in spiritual places. We got to start pointing our frustration in the right direction. And if we will bring people the word, the stronghold will come crumbling down because the word is like a sledgehammer that just breaks down fortresses and breaks down every lie of the enemy because you could be sitting there feeling sick but if you will break that thing down with the word of God and say I might the world might call me sick but Jesus says by his stripes I am healed the world might call me depressed and a psychiatrist might tell me that and send me home with a bottle of pills but I know that the word says if I can get in the presence of Jesus there is the fullness of joy. It might tell me I'm anxious and fearful, but the word of God says be anxious for nothing. But instead, with prayer and supplication, make your requests known to God. And here's, you want to know the great qualification about that prayer is that you ain't some outsider. Come on, somebody. You're a child of God. You are not an orphan. He loves you. He paid the highest price for you. And you ain't an outsider. You're an insider. You're a joint heir with Christ. And what that means is that everything in his bank account got transferred into your bank account. You ain't broken poor no more. Your bank statement might say that, but the Bible says that you have been given every spiritual blessing. See, that's what's wrong with us here in America, we think all of our blessings belong in our pockets. But I came to tell somebody today that you're blessed going in and blessed going out. If you'll change your mindset about some things, you can get some financial breakthrough. If you'll change your mind about some things, you got spiritual blessings right at the tip of your fingers. If you'll just believe the word of God, if you'll just quote the word of God, if you'll just know the word of God, you can have all of those things. Thank you, Jesus. The enemy, with all of his lies and all of his junk, I'm sick of it. I wonder if there's any people in this room today that would say, God, I'm going to get my mind right. God, God I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my mind right. God, I'm done letting every lie of the enemy come against me. I don't care if I'm feeling it or not feeling it. I'm going to stand on the word of God. I'm going to stand on the promises of God. I got good news for the church today. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Watch this. The Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. We don't fight with carnal weapons like bombs, grenades, AK-47s, and all of that stuff. The weapons, our weapons are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, fortresses, and prisons that are in our mind. You might be asking yourself, Caleb, that sounds awful good. That sounds awful nice, but I need to know what these weapons are, and let me help you with a few of them. Our weaponry is one, the name of Jesus, because at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess at the name of Jesus demons got to go at the name of Jesus healing has to come there's no other name under heaven by which men must be saved can be saved shall be saved it's only at the name of Jesus that you can our weaponry is the blood of Jesus come on somebody our weaponry is the cross of Calvary come on somebody our rep our weaponry is the resurrection of Christ and him defeating death hell and the grave our weaponry is a renewed mind 
mind. Our weaponry is that we have the mind of Christ. Our weaponry is the sword of the spirit. Our weaponry is taking every thought captive and casting down imaginations that would try to rise itself up against the knowledge of God. That can be one of them scriptures you pass over to thinking, man, that'll preach good, but what in the world does it mean? And what it means is this. We take every thought captive that would come against what God has already knows about you. We come against every thought about what God has already said about you. The world might call you sick, but Jesus says, by your stripes you are healed. The world might call you an addict, but Jesus says, he who the sun sets free free is free indeed. And that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The enemy might tell you your mentality is unstable and you're depressed, but the knowledge of God says that in the presence of him, there is fullness of joy and you have the access of of the mind of Christ. Your bank account might tell you that you're broke, but being blessed ain't always about money. Come on, somebody. The enemy says you're broke, but the knowledge of God says you're blessed with every spiritual blessing. Every stronghold in people's minds in this room and listening within the sound of my voice need to come down in the mighty name of Jesus. Every stronghold and every fortress that's tried to come against your mind this morning, I rebuke it and I cast it down in the mighty, unmatchable, precious name of Jesus. And I, and I quote the blood over you. I plead the blood over you right now. We take authority over every thought and take it captive in the name of Jesus that tries to rise itself up. Against the knowledge of God. That's what that scripture is saying. Any thought that comes into your mind that tries to rise up against what God has already said about you. What God already already knows, knowledge knows about you. And here's the last thing here. Because, you know, I've been saying it for the last couple of weeks. We in the church, we're real good about telling people what not to do. But we stink at telling people what to do. We, we, we good at pointing fingers and telling folks what they ought not to be doing. But when we do that, are we giving them an answer of what to replace it with? Because what we do is we must take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. But once you take it captive, you have to replace it. I was talking to a doctor with a Ph.D. the other day in biblical counseling, and me and him had a fantastic lunch and uh, he was talking to me about those things. And he was talking to me. He gave all these scientific things and all these medical examples. And I, I, I didn't understand half of what he was saying. But I did understand what he was saying when he said, when you remove something from your mind, if you do not replace it with something else, you are leaving a void there. And it also sounds like something Jesus said. Whenever a demon leaves, he leaves for a season. But then he comes back with seven more stronger than himself. Sound like the Bible to me. But let's address the captive part because a thought comes into your mind that has raised itself up against the knowledge of God. By the way, where is the knowledge of God obtained and retained? It's in your your mind, right? But when the thought comes, you have to snatch it up immediately and take it captive. Y'all bear with me just a second. I'm almost done. But here is the thing about taking something or someone captive. You got to have a weapon. Come on, somebody. I said you can't do it without a weapon. When people get kidnapped or taken captive, the other person has a weapon. They don't walk up to somebody, sir, ma'am, I'm kidnapping you today. Please get in the trunk. No, they have a weapon. They have a weapon. They have a weapon. The word of God is your weapon to take every thought captive. Grab a hold of that thing. Let me give you some examples of this. 
Your mind or the enemy tells you that you're sick, your response should be, by his stripes I am healed. Your mind or the enemy tells you that you're depressed, but you say, no, I have the mind of Christ. Your mind or the enemy tells you to worry, but your response should be, I should be anxious for nothing, but instead with prayer and supplication, make my requests known to God. Your mind is dealing or battling with thoughts of lust. Maybe you need to quote the scripture that Timothy or that Paul told Timothy and said, if they ain't your wife, you need to think about them as a sister or a mother or a father or a brother. Don't get weird in the church now. That's your sister. That's your brother. That's your mother. That's your father. Who would want to? I know we in Tennessee and all, but who would want to do that? You got, you got to change your mind. You, you got to change the way that you think. You got to change the way that you think. Let me tell you something right now. If you really grabbed a hold of that, it'd be real easy to overcome lust. Real easy to overcome lust. I know that's practical preaching, y'all, but I'm, I'm there. Your mind and the enemy is telling you you'll never make it. You're not good enough. You're not strong enough. You're never going to accomplish what God has called you to do. Your response should be, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Look at this last verse right here, and I kind of touched on it already. But that old saying, beat it into submission, beat it into submission, beat it into submission. That's the only time that I've ever heard this concept used where it, can, where it can make sense. But here is the thing. We're not using it to beat ourselves up or others around us. We're using it to beat the enemy into submission, we're using it to get our mind to conform to the will of God and the word of God. Our weapons are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thought that would try to raise itself up against the knowledge of God, taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. What it's telling you there, Jordan, replay for me a little bit, please, is that you can beat into submission the enemy. That's some good news. I'm tired of seeing Christians defeated. It's time that we rise up with the weapons of our warfare. Can I, can I, even when I was young in the Lord, I think I did this. I tried to cuss out the devil one time. <laughs> that don't work, y'all. That's how the world works. The weapons of our warfare aren't carnal. You see what I'm saying? They're not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. You can't respond to the devil how you would respond to the word. He's not... He, he's, he's not a physical being right now that you can grab a hold and choke out, although I hope the Lord gives me the opportunity at the end of days. So, so we can't come at him like we would come against a physical being. You got to come. This is a whole nother way of living and a whole nother way of thinking in the gospel. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, 
but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. The weapons that we have is the name of Jesus. The weapons that we have is the blood of Jesus. The weapons that we have is a renewed mind. The weapons that we have is the sword of the Spirit. Come on, somebody. The weapons that we have are mighty, though, in God. Because how many of you know if you ain't in God, you ain't going to accomplish nothing? I'll prove it. Because the enemy whooped me for years until I gave my life to Jesus. And here's the other thing. I'll tell you something crazy real quick. I didn't want to be living like that. But I had no power to overcome what it was that I was facing. Can I help us? Nobody wakes up in the morning and, or wakes up as a teenager or a young adult and says, I want to be a drug addict. I, I, I want to be a violent person. I want to be a drug dealer. I want to, no, nobody wakes up thinking those type of things. I want to be a womanizer. But those are things that the enemy does to individuals who don't have the power to combat him. Stand with me on your feet this morning. I came to tell you that you have the power to combat him and that the power of the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you and the weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Every lie that the enemy has told, lift your hands and close your eyes. Lift your hands and close your eyes. Every lie that the enemy has ever tried to tell you, every stronghold that the enemy has ever tried to place in your mind, every stronghold, every lie, every thought that your own mind has even come up again, every thought that you yourself have said in your mind, I'm never going to make it. I'm not good enough. Look at my past. How could God love me? I rebuke and I take captive of those thoughts right now, and I'm asking you to do the same thing because if you'll take them captive and beat them into submission with the word of God, with the love of God, with the power of God, you can overcome every thought and every fortress has to come down right now in the name of Jesus. Every stronghold in this room, in people's mind, come down right now in the mighty unmatchable name of Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus over every mind in this room today. God, have your way in our minds because it's with our minds that we serve you. Help us to renew our minds, God. Help us to get in the word of God. And even when it feels like we don't understand it, even when it feels like it's just an impossibility to understand it, God, I ask that you would help us to stay in the word of God. Give us revelation as we read the word of God. Help it to renew our mind. Let it wash us by the reading of the word. That's what the Bible says, that the reading of the word washes our minds. Holy Spirit, we need you. Holy Spirit, we need you. Holy Spirit, we need you. Lead us, guide us, speak with us, talk to us, Lord God. Show us the way. Show us the path. Lord, help us to use the sword of the Spirit. Help us to be trained in the sword of the Spirit so that we can take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. There's blessings in our obedience, Lord. Help us to walk obedient to your word and what it is that you've called us to do. Father, we honor you, we love you, and we praise you. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. And the church said, amen. amen. Thank you for listening to the Recovery to Recover podcast. 
If you like what you heard today, visit BeTheBushMinistries.com or MiriamHouse.com to become a monthly partner or for more info about our ministry and what we are accomplishing for the kingdom of God. You can also follow me on Facebook at Caleb McCall or on Instagram at Pastor Caleb Mack. See you next week.